AMI is a company that helps doctors of different disciplines work together to address the leading health complaint in the country and in the world, and that is chronic degenerative arthritis. We do it in a way that tries to help people avoid surgery and opioids. So more conservative, functional ways to correct the body so that um, people aren't put on opioids and become drug addicts. And right now, that's unfortunately the leading cause of death of Americans under the age of 50. Okay. Um, so the average layperson, like myself, who just learned about AMI, mm -hmm. what's what are the what's the one thing I guess that I hate to use the word proudest of, but what's the one biggest accomplishment you feel like AMI is is doing right now? Uh, we are actually getting the attention of. Um, different groups that can help us stop the opioid crisis. We're making a shift in healthcare away from treating symptoms towards treating function. When you treat function, the problem goes away and stays away. When you treat symptoms, you got to continually treat it forever because the symptoms will just keep coming back because you've never addressed the actual problem. So I actually see us making inroads with officials from the government, with uh, different groups around the country that are actually reaching out to us to join efforts in trying to stop this atrocity of putting people on drugs that make one-third of the people who take it addicted and has become the leading cause of death of Americans under the age of 50, so I'm very proud of that. You got anything? Yeah, what are we doing today? We are going to film with Kevin Harrington, who is the inventor of the um, uh, infomercial and the guy who coined the phrase, but wait, there's more very powerful person in marketing and uh, we're going to film with our doctors. Our doctor is going to film with him. He has a way to help them convey what they have to offer their public um, you know, so the public can realize what these doctors have to offer. And we're also going to meet with Don Mann, Navy SEAL, very, very powerful motivational speaker and very, very much in tune with our cause of stopping the opioid crisis. So we're going to have uh, a group of our doctors, about 25 different doctors, uh, filming with these people, with these celebrities, um, so they can promote what they're trying to do so America can realize, hey, drugs are not the only answer. It's pretty tough for us to compete with the pharmaceutical industry because of the dollars they can pour into their marketing. But when we get celebrities, big name celebrities willing to work with us, it gives us a lot more credibility. So uh, we are doing this to reach out to America so they can realize, hey, there's another way. How does the average person, yep. uh, like, they don't want to get into this opioid crisis, right? Yep. How do they avoid it? Patient or doctor? Patient. Okay, so they have to question, you know, if the doctor's recommending opioids, which the way this whole pathway was set up, you know, I guess was it, was it Sackler family? I believe it was the Sackler family. But they went and, and appealed to Congress first for veterans to say, it's wrong to let these guys come home in pain. We need to do something about pain. Then they lobbied in the late 90s to have the pain scale put on every intake form of every family practice. And if anybody had pain, it then became the standard of care to prescribe a pain reliever. And then they were marketed like crazy. These are the pain relievers that you use. And they're safe and they're non-addictive, which was not exactly true. Um, so patients were being told by doctors who were genuine, just trying to follow the standard of care and not get in trouble, oh, you need this opioid. And um, it was unsuspecting of the doctor because he was told they were non-addictive. The patient didn't know. And then there's a 33% chance that you take that for three days, you're an addict, right? 
So what the patient has to do is they have to question what the doctor says. And even if the doctor is a nice guy and a sincere guy, you have to take responsibility for your own health. You have to know the consequences of your decision. Um, because that ruined, as everybody knows, that ruined a lot of people. It caused a, an epidemic in this country. And um, just taking a doctor's advice because he's told to do that. You know, what a lot of people don't realize is there's an exodus from healthcare from a lot of family practitioners. And the reason there's an exodus is because the standard of care insinuates that if the doctor doesn't follow this recipe, they're going to get in trouble. And the recipe is designed to prescribe drugs. You know, remember the American Medical Association, who sets the standard of care, has less than, you know, back in 2010, it was less than 8% of doctors belong to it. And now they're trying to, to increase their enrollment by having um, students and retired doctors get free enrollment into the AMA. I have a, a nephew who's in medical school, and I asked him at Thanksgiving dinner, what was the efforts to get them to enroll? And uh, he said, they were buying us gift cards to Banana Republic and clothing stores, J. Crew. They were buying us gift cards to restaurants. They were throwing parties for us, all if we would join the AMA for free. And I said, did you join? And he said, no, all the professors at the University of Florida are saying, don't join the AMA, that's really the drug companies. But they are the ones that set the standard of care. And if the doctor doesn't follow the standard of care, he could be judged by his peers to be negligent. So it forced these doctors to write these prescriptions. So questioning the doctor is what you need to do if you're a patient. Otherwise, if you just follow what they're being told, it's ultimately coming from the pharmaceutical industry. And they're all about the bottom line and selling drugs. So you have to be your own advocate. You have to decide, is this best for me? Is this actually going to help me get better? Or is this just going to cover up the symptoms? Is this going to relieve my pain? And what is your goal? Is it to relieve pain or to get fixed? Um, personally, I would prefer to get fixed because I don't want to keep taking things to relieve pain. That's how people got into this mess. If I'm a new doctor, yeah. you're taking a left here. If I'm a new doctor, um, this is not the way I want to go ahead. Never heard of uh, AMI. What's the one thing you want to tell me? Why should I be, why should I look at AMI as a legitimate opportunity? You have to look at your goals in your practice. And is your goal to flourish in your practice or is your goal to get your patients well? If your goal is to get your patients well, I believe you will flourish in your practice. Um, if your goal is to get your patients well, you got to put in systems that are proven to work to help people get better. When you take medical care and conservative medical care the way we do it, um, following protocols by doctors like Janet Travell, an MD who treated John F. Kennedy, or uh, Vladimir Yanda, a physiatrist from Czechoslovakia, and um, Renee Callier, a physiatrist from Southern California, they use very conservative methods to address the cause of, their health, of the spinal problems and the chronic degenerative problems that people had. If you decide to do that, when you combine that with chiropractic care, and you combine that with physical therapy or rehab or anything like that, the patient gets a better outcome because it's coordinated all in the same place by the same practitioner. It's not a crapshoot, nobody knows what the other person is doing. So if you put this together, you know, yeah, there's gonna be some pain of putting the systems in place, but the, the end result you're gonna get is an outcome that is far better than they would get anywhere else. We need to do a fishing trip. That's right. Oh, oh my God, I'll have you fishing. And Bobby's got a boat up here. He does? Yeah. We, we get you fishing? We'll, have, we'll shoot the whole thing. He says right now there's a lot of fish biting underneath the bridge at night, like at, at sundown. 
Cool. We could be catching fish and talking. Oh, that'd be good. good. Yeah. Who got you into fishing? Um, I don't know. I just always loved the sea ever since I was a little kid. Love the ocean, love the bay. Grew up on the near the bay in uh, southern New Jersey. There's not a whole lot to do when I was growing up, so we would go fishing. And I loved it. My dad loved fishing. My brother loved fishing. I loved fishing. How'd your practice end up Saturday? Well, we that's a that's a good question. Oh, yeah, we because my dad's from Cleveland. I Tennessee. Pretty well. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna make a right up here somewhere, right? Uh, yep. Okay. So. Uh, so what happened was, I was in Pennsylvania. I was born in Philadelphia. And um, I grew up in southern New Jersey, and I didn't want to live there. No offense to New Jersey, but I just didn't want to live there. I, I'd rather live, I wanted to live in Pennsylvania. So I had a practice there. It did really well. And then that practice, it became integrated. At first, it was a chiropractic practice. It became the, one of the largest chiropractic practices in eastern Pennsylvania. Um, then I was... Um, asked to move to Georgia to start a consulting company, which I did. And um, there was some good things and bad things about that, but it didn't work. So I decided, you know what, um, I need to get systems working so well that I can open up practices, because I still had the practice in Pennsylvania, and I was running it from Georgia. And I realized I had to fly back to Pennsylvania a little too often to correct problems. And I realized I needed better systems, although we had systems, I needed better systems. So my wife and I spent two years doing the E-Myth Mastery Program, which is based on the book by Michael Gerber, E-Myth Revisited. And um, what we did was we spent two years writing systems for an integrated practice. And when we were done, that practice was working extremely well by itself without me having to be there. And the medical doctor that was running it actually wanted to buy it and bought it. So we said, all right, we just sold our business for a whole lot of money, what do we do now? We said, let's open up practices, but let's put our systems to the test. And let's open practices in a state that we've never lived in, and we have no intention to live there. Is that the book? Okay. And um, when we did that, we actually, uh, you sure it's right here? When we did that, uh, we opened up our first practice in Chattanooga, which is 120 miles from my house. Uh, we opened another practice in a town called Hickson, Tennessee, which is a little further, and then another practice in Murfreesboro, which is out near Nashville, all in one year. And uh, all three of those practices did extremely well. And um, I've never lived in Tennessee. That's why we opened them up in Tennessee. Now I don't live in Georgia anymore. Now I live half the year in Florida and half the year in Oregon. And um, the systems work so well that we can run the practice in Tennessee. Now the key to that, the key to that is when you open up a business that you're not going to actually be there and you have other people running the business, you have to give them the power to make the decisions for the business. That's the scary part of the whole thing. Keep going straight. Um, so what, what happens is you have to empower the people that are there to make the decisions and to run the practice. You can't like run everything yourself. Because if you do, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. You have to give the people there the power to make the decisions, run the practice, and you do that by creating a culture. Turn left here. Yeah, okay, wait. I think we're going to pass it. We're good. Yep. So you have to um, create a culture that continually has, um, it's right in there, has um, um, 
training for your people and continually empowers even your, your least important employees because they're all important. And when you empower these people, you're creating a culture so they realize, you know what, I, I am giving the right to make decisions in this business and uh, I'm going to make decisions. And then it's because you've spent time with your systems and your training, the systems or the, the decisions they're making are most likely in the same direction that you would have made. How was it like having that many mastermind clients there? It was really cool having the mastermind clients there. And what I noticed is our mastermind clients have bonded, which is really what I wanted to do, to create a true mastermind group so we can bounce ideas off of each other. I mean, Bo, you're in the mastermind. What did you think? That's great. Yeah. Uh, you created uh, a synergy, a unity of, uh, of, your, of your top guys and, and gals. And, and uh, I, I just think that, um, like you said, it's, it's you know, one mind plus one mind equals five. So, top guys like yourself really moving the, the country, really shaking things up, getting people well without drugs, without surgery. And to see them all there, friends and bonding and joking around with each other, it was really inspiring to see. It really is inspiring. So what are you doing tonight? Tonight we're going to go back and have some dinner with uh, Dr. Bo and Dr. Scott and Colleen. And then we're going to drive south and do a little fishing. A lot of fishing. A lot of fishing. That's right. A lot of fish. We'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully snow. Maybe even some tarpon. Cobia. Cobia. You never caught a cobia. I'd love to catch cobia. So that'll be fun. We ended up with Spanish and Kings last time. We went out. Spanish and Kings. Are the Kings still around? Uh, well, I wasn't here. I was more over in the Panhandle up that way. They might be around. It would be nice if they were. The Spanish will definitely be around in mega force. Find where the seagulls are diving. That's right. That's right. So it was a great, great group today. A lot of impressive people. There were some people there that weren't part of our group that were totally blown away with what we're trying to do. Like there was a physical therapist in there. Did you see him? Yeah. Came up, gave me his card. That's awesome. Wants to uh, work with us. Clients too. Yeah. You know, one of the things that impresses me most. What's that? Is um. Every time we do some type of event with other vendors in any type of you know uh, area, they are always blown away at the quality yeah, of your MI right. guys, and they immediately want to be a part of whatever we're doing. Well, that's exactly what Kevin Harrington's staff was saying, that the quality of the guys we brought there, they were blown away at how intense they were about helping people and how driven they were to be successful at helping people. A real dedicated group, and that's what AMI is all about, creating that group. Very, very refreshing to see that. Jamie, what do you think? About today's events and stuff? Yeah, one of your first events you saw with us, right? Yeah, I mean, that was that was the first thing I've seen with y'all, and, you know, the one thing that got me is, is like you're talking about, it's... it's the synergy of everyone there because everyone had something to share. I had a lot of people come up and talk to me and they're like, oh, you know, so you're videotaping and you're doing this. It's like, yeah. And I talked to a couple of the other people, the person who was in real estate, uh, the girl who was in real estate, 
uh, she was talking about the group of everyone and how she's like, wow, this is really amazing. She's like, you know, just seeing everybody work together here, she goes, this is impressive. So yeah. I, I think that's the biggest thing I took from it is the fact that everyone has a common goal. Yeah. And again, that was a big thing for me in coming over here was seeing the dedication that people have to making things right. Right. That's good. It's good to hear that that viewpoint. You know, you're not an outsider anymore, but you're new to the group, and uh, your your viewpoint is very refreshing as well. Mike, you've got a webinar coming up in a couple of weeks yep. with uh, Cairo Economics. Right. And you cover up the science of regenerative medicine. Yep. Um, if uh, you know if somebody wanted to watch that webinar, why would they why would they want to watch? Um. Beaches? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, posting that on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, no, you can post that. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I guess I am a, an expert. I, I always say, well, I'm not an expert, but I've done a lot of research. And um, I've talked to a lot of people that use regenerative medicine. And so I'm one of those people that I get curious. And, I, and when I hear things and I see things, I want to figure out why. And, um, you know, talking to different vendors in that field, in that space, and their viewpoint, talking to different scientists that are doing research in that space, which I've had the opportunity to do, seeing different labs, which I've had the opportunity to do, seeing three different labs now. Um, it's really refreshing um, to learn this stuff. So, you know, understanding to me, having that, <coughs> excuse me, that scientific data helps me to understand it better. And I'm going to try my best to do it. I know the one gift I have when I speak to people is I can take complicated information and probably because I can't understand it on a complicated level, I can make it a more acceptable or understandable level. And um, a lot of people have told me that. I can, I can say things in a way that they can comprehend it better. So I'm gonna do my best to do that. That's what I'm trying to do is get people who are not top scientists, because I'm not a top scientist, to be able to understand regenerative medicine in a way that they can um, appreciate it and help other people to get it. So that's why they should listen to it. Last time I did it, we had a lot of people, a lot of people listen to it. A lot of people reach out to our company. Just this week alone, I spoke to four different clinics that are reaching out to our company because of the last webinar I did on the science of stem cells. How to use a camera? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, I'm covered. There you go. <laughs> no, to understand the why we do things, like the three rules. Everything we do is for the good of the patient first, compliance second, profits third. And if they understand that, um, they realize we're not just in this to like, you know, make money and get other doctors to make money. That should be a side effect, and it is. What we're in it for is to get people healthy, because that's. That's the oath we take as a doctor. And um, when people realize that we do that, as Jamie expressed to me yesterday, that he, he, his viewpoint is changing from some things that he'd seen, right? Oh, yeah. And um, that's exactly how I'd want a, a new employee to be, open-minded enough to look at things in a new unit of time so they can see it in a way, um, not that I can like talk them into anything, but they can see things as they are and be open to ideas. 
and um, Jamie fits that bill. You know, for me, one of the things that was so appealing is that we've added some great new tools to the whole repertoire that we had in JP Better. So the profession has actually expanded and grown That's real good. Well, that's what we're trying to do. 